You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast, Kansas City Chiefs Revenge Edition. Although, uh, revenge might be hard to come by against the high-powered Chiefs this week for the Colts. Nevertheless, I am Dave Griffiths alongside Mike Chappell. The legendary Statamati here on the board as well. Matt Adams filling in for Joe Hopkins. Uh, and uh, if you are a devoted Colts Blue Zone podcast listener, we want to thank you for listening earlier this week as Matt and Joe got on the mic and dished on what was a very unfortunate Sunday, ultimately, for the Colts uh, with the loss to the Raiders. Um, but, Mike, we'll touch on that before we move on um, to really the the meat and potatoes of 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 this podcast previewing the chiefs, but it was certainly a disappointment uh, to come out with that loss to the Raiders. You had a lot of things going for you. you thought the Colts played pretty decent football the first three weeks of the season, certainly then their two wins as well. Um, they ran the ball fairly well those weeks. That didn't really happen against the Raiders. Um, defense, some of the um, some of the concerns for the first couple weeks for defense really turned into glaring concerns, I believe, and ultimately it turned into a loss and and the Colts are now 2-2 two and two after the first four weeks of the season. Almost an inexcusable loss. This is the type that I realize you move on, you can't dwell, but this is a game that in December you're going to say, you know, if we hadn't lost that one to Oakland, we would be whatever. Better shape for a seed, better shape for the division, whatever. Uh, you know, I, and I, I realize the, the Colts had a lot of excuses, let's say reasons, uh, with, with players out mi- missing T.Y., so big, man. We, Not having him in, we, man. We've we've talked. When I have my my three most indispensable Colts, it's always been in my mind, you know, Lux slash Brissett. Now Brissett, Costanzo, left tackle, and Ty. And now I, I I'm still I'm still there. Although we saw that without Ty, I say I'm still there because I, I would I I thought maybe Frank Reich and Sirianni could scheme to where they wouldn't miss. Ty that much, and let, let's be honest: if they don't drop five or six balls, mm-hmm. th- then they win without Ty Hilton. They're zero and five without him. I don't like the prospect of maybe going five weeks without my left tackle. We saw that start of last year, and it wasn't pretty. So I, I still think you can get by easier without Ty than, than your left tackle. But boy, the, the drop off in what you can do offensively without him, as far as shots down the field and knowing you're going to make that play, it was glaring. And I saw this also, continuing on that Anthony Costanzo bit for a second, the Colts tweeting out uh, this this week on Thursday saying, who's pro football focuses highest graded left tackle in the NFL this year? Number 74. That's right. It is Anthony Costanzo. And, and you know what I found ridiculous is the fans' responses to that tweet. Like, oh, what metric is this? Oh, he's terrible. What, what? Like, first of all, first of all, fans do not understand offensive right. line play. I barely understand offensive line play. Let me throw that out there. I'm far from an expert. But if you're criticizing Anthony Costanzo, and I've said this on this podcast before. Then it's you're, personal. Exactly. And you're barking up the wrong tree. Totally. I mean, do you ever really, I, I mean, as far as we've seen this this season, do you really have to worry about anything on the left side of the Colts offensive line? And they, They've talked about that. When he's out there, you, you, you just say, basically, Anthony, he's your guy. Now, he, he gets a beat occasionally, but but I've always argued that is he top five? Probably not. Top ten? Definitely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's it's, at left tackle, again, if you don't have the guy, you just, again, go back and look at the last or the first five games of last year, 
And I, I think of the, the uh, Philadelphia game where it's fourth and whatever to win the game, and the quarterback doesn't get a chance to make a play because the left tackle gets beat. So I just – it's and that's – here. I'll, I'll take my 30 seconds again. Why isn't he extended? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we still – and I've talked to him, and he said, ah, over we and decided, over and over and over. You have we talked decided about this. We'll worry about it when the season's over. But they've taken zero steps to replace Costanzo. Zero. His heir apparent's not on the practice squad, and we're going to work it. It's No, he's not here yet. So, uh, again, I just think Costanzo's been – he's one of those guys that's – he's an easy target because he's at that position, playing at a very high level. And, again, what, what one interesting stat will knock on wood – because now we'll jinx them. The Colts are the only offensive line through four weeks to play. Their line has played every snap. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock, knock on, on lots on wood. of wood for that one. Mm-hmm. So, and again, that, that's we, we can dovetail that into the in Kansas City game. They they went into the Arrowhead last year in, in last year in January on a roll. They were the best offensive line in football. Two hundred yards rushing, one hundred and forty eight for Mac at Houston, and they just got overwhelmed. In Arrowhead, in every phase, pass protection, run, run blocking, and all that. And I think it's funny. I talked to Ryan Kelly about that, about his memory of the Chiefs game. He said, I don't remember it. It was a blur. Hmm. He said, I It was flushed. a bad blur. He said, I flushed it. Uh, but I'm telling you, in, internally, this offensive line wants to step up and say, that wasn't us, this is us, and we'll see it on Sunday night. We'll talk a little bit about the blocking from last week for the offensive line. Nick Sirianni was asked his assessment his assessment of the running game in terms of blocking and running, and he said they actually were pretty good, but the big problem was negative plays. Five he said, or six he mo- said there were five plays that are just negative runs, that, and that kills you. That puts you behind the sticks instead of... Second and seven, which would be a below average run play, just three yards. There's a big difference between second and seven, second and 13. You can do a whole lot more in second and seven than you can on second and 13. It, it, it's basically a false start. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's worse because you lose it down, too. Correct. 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 So and they just weren't good enough last week to overcome. And then you throw, again, you throw the drops. And that's yeah. why I say the TY thing, I as, as glaring as his absence was, if Ebron doesn't drop three balls, was it? Ebron had three. You could argue four. I, I, I'm I'll I'm, stick with three. I'm, and, and, I, I I'll give too. him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. And Kane had one, and uh, Chester Rogers Chester had one. Chester had, Rogers had one. And go back to the Chiefs game in the playoffs. Third and two, first series of the game, and Ebron drops a, a pass. Mm-hmm. Now, would it have mattered? I don't know. But, but at least you're on the field. You get some continuity, some rhythm. They had four straight four uh, three and outs, and, and it's kind of like what we saw against the Raiders where you just can't get behind teams. And the Raiders is one thing, because they, they had a chance to come back and do something against the Raiders until the pick six. Against the Chiefs, they just had nothing. And you can't do that again against a quality team. And Jacob Brissett called that Raiders game humble pie. Frank Reich kind of echoed that sentiment saying that, hey, humble pie doesn't taste good, but in some ways it can be good for you. And that's when you take your mistakes and hopefully learn from them. But Mike, I alluded to earlier, and you wrote about earlier this week online, Fox 59, CBS 4, Indy, whichever one.com, saying that the Colts' defense their run defense right now is a problem. Uh, it, you might be able to point to the stat and say, hey, the Colts haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 22 games or whatever it is. It's the second longest streak in the NFL, but but you can use stats to make any point you want, and that would be taking a stat out of context if you look at the performance of the D-line as a whole. There, there might be a more meaningless stat, <laughs> a streak that, that going on, but I can't, think, I can't come up with it. 22 straight games, not a 100-yard rusher, and you're just getting pummeled now. 
And whether it's, again, they don't give you a lot of reasons, well, alignment and assignments and gap control and this, that, and the other, but they're getting gashed with, with big plays, you know, 26, 28, and then the 60-yarder where the entire defense got sucked in. Yeah. That's what they weren't doing last year. Now, is it because Darius Leonard's not in there, hasn't been in there two games? Well, they got run on the first two games. So it, it's more than that. And and this week you're going to – Leonard will – he should be back, barring something with the independent neurology. He, sh- he should clear protocol. But you're not going to have Malik Hooker. You're not going to have Clayton Gathers. So you're just missing people in, in pieces. And at its best, this defense hasn't been good enough, and we'll see what it is on Sunday. Uh, Coach Reich said specifically it was gap control, kind of the biggest thing when it comes to not stopping the run this week. Um, Matt Eberflus asked about that. He said, is there anything else? And, well, he pointed out kind of, I think, that the backside of plays uh, enables uh, people, teams, to keep things alive. And that's when... Uh, the, the other word would be over-pursuit. If mm-hmm. your backside player, lose if your black contain, lose, lose contain, contain yep. yeah, the, all those words. And that's what we saw in that reverse for the touchdown. That was part of it, of course. And then other parts of it were angles taken in the secondary that were not not the best angles. And he, he alluded to that as well. Iberflus did. But, but, but on, on that on the reverse, or end around, whatever you want to call it, they, they, they lost the, the, the corner so easy. And by the time the, Trevor Davis gets to the corner, he's at full speed. Yeah. So you got these poor corners thinking they have good angles and they don't, and and, and then at the end of it, Clayton Gathers is getting steamrolled. So you just can't, like he said. He said if it's ten or fifteen yards, okay, it can't be sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, about the defensive line, four games in, Matt Eberflus asked about them, but he was very uh, hesitant to to give them any kind of grade. He just said we're grinding and we're working. And That's not a compliment. It, is it? No, it's not. I was going to point that out. Like, he he's not afraid to say the players are doing well. Like he was asked about EJ Speed specifically and said, ah, he's doing pretty well. We were right. pretty happy with him out there." Like he'll say if he's happy with something. And as specifically about the defensive line, he did not say he was happy with the defensive line. So things need to improve on the line. Obviously, getting Jabal Sheard back is good. He did say he, that Jabal played a best, good game. He was their best defensive player. He absolutely was. Hadn't played since January. Yeah, that's 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 not ideal. No. Mike, I need good to, for Jabal, absolutely. bad for everybody else. I need to ask you a question about the defensive line right now. Where is Marcus Hunt? Because he had probably a career year last year, gets rewarded in the offseason with a contract, and he didn't even get the start last weekend. Grover Stewart stepped in and got the start instead. And then also this week, Colts making more moves on the defensive line. Jabal Sheard, not Jabal Sheard, excuse me, Jihad Ward, Ward, they cut him and add someone else from, a, uh, from another team's um, practice, practice squad. squad. So, A, where is Marcus Hunt? B, it seems like this defensive line's in a state of flux right now. No question. It's gonna help it's gonna help to get shared back. He's just the, the glue. He's the guy that doesn't make normally the flash plays, although he had a pretty good one on a, that, that middle screen to give the, the, the offense a chance in the fourth quarter. But he's just he's started every game the last two two years and, and they've missed him. Marcus Hunt, I don't know. He he's been invisible. Yeah. He he got replaced. Uh how that is moving forward. When he's not making the plays, because he's been so good at penetrating the line and getting those tackles for a loss, he's got three tackles, one solo, no quarterback hits, and that's what he did. So, uh, yeah, there's no question how we'll see how his snaps go this week, but it's glaring when he gets benched in place of Grover Stewart. Mm-hmm. So the line's not played well. You've seen Justin Houston, he came here for one reason. He came here to get pressure on the quarterback. He's got, was it one sack and one hit, I think? That's it. Uh, Kamoko Ture 
gives you little flashes, but he's got the one. I think he's got the one sack. So what? Eight sacks the first two games. Won one. the last two, and it, it was chasing. So it, it barely counts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a sack because Carr wasn't quick enough to get back to the line of scrimmage. Right. But they also had one quarterback hit last week. And at some point, you can't, you just can't rely on, well, you know, they're getting rid of the ball quick. Well, that, that's, that's a reason at some point. But if they can't get pressure on Mahomes, I'm not sure how the back end can even remotely cover long enough to, to do something. So they've got to find some way to get pressure. And then when you get pressure on him, if you don't get him, the, the game in Detroit, it's it's fourth and eight on that last drive. And they've got guys covered, the Lions do, and Mahomes breaks out for a first down. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this this is a tough test all around. But again, the, the D-line, you've got to do be, be more stout against the run. Don't let the running backs break the corner or get to the second level without even you know slowing down. I thought going into the season that the defensive line was maybe the the third best group behind offensive line and receivers. Defensive line has not played well enough. So they've not played like it, unfortunately, so far. Mm-hmm. I was going to say we we talked a bit in the off season and specifically leading up to the draft that defensive tackle might be a position that uh, the Colts could look at in in the draft or in free agency. It, it turned out it wasn't the case. They liked the guys they had in Autry and uh, and Hunt and Grover but, Stewart. But Tycon Lewis, he, now he's hurt again. Exactly. They, they, really, make, yep. they really like him. He was hurt last year with a foot or a thing. And now it's an ankle. And now it's an ankle. And I, I don't know at what point we're so quick to say a guy's injury or prone. This is his year and a half in, and he's, he's hurt again. He's not practicing. So I, I don't know. It's But again, it comes back to the fact that this was supposed to be a strength, and it hasn't. So it's, it it stresses linebacker play. It stresses your your cornerback and safety play. Defensive line's got to play better. Certainly would help the defensive line if you mentioned the back end could do could cover a little bit better. And that's something that Matt Eberflus alluded to this week as well. He said they stress rush and cover, rush and cover. They're, they're both things. Both need to happen. You need to rush the passer. You need to cover in the secondary. But the Colts will be. Uh, down a man or two or several in the secondary, both of the back end, in fact. Clayton gathers uh, in with his concussion. Seems to be coming along slowly this week. I would bet right now that it's a long shot for him to play on Sunday, and then Malik Hooker still uh, rehabbing from he, his... I talked to him today. He, mm-hmm. he thinks he'll be ready for Houston. Well, that's optimistic. Which I think it's, it, that, that's, it was like four to six weeks, and I think that's four, be four weeks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. But he said it's a minor thing. But, but the fact remains, they're going to be with their starting safeties against the best offense in the league. Yeah. Remember they played the uh playoff game without Malik. He had an ankle I think at the time. So uh but he just kind of moving ahead. He, he has total confidence in however much Quincy Wilson plays at safety. You know Quincy's a corner. He, he's he, I realize he's played nickel, he's played dime, but he is a corner. But uh Malik really thinks that this kid's got the versatility, the size this March to play to play safety, and we're going to see what a time to transition to a different position, Mike, facing a generational talented quarterback that is throwing for 350 yards on a bad day. And every mistake you make, it'll be exploited. Yep, because these guys are that good. And, and again, on their best day, playing playing really well, it would be a difficult situation. And now you're going to have again your your safeties are going to be Quincy Wilson, Kahari Willis. Who's a rookie? George Odom. George Odom, who's primarily a special teams player, mm-hmm. 
and Roland Milligan, Roland who's Milligan played, also a special teams who's player. played two games in his career. Who's been cut and re-signed and practice squad and cut right. and re-signed. And yeah, so he's playing that game, bouncing back and forth. So you know what that does? And that's if, if Quincy plays more safety, then your corners are Pierre Desir, uh Kenny Moore, Rocky Seen. Kenny Moore and Rocky Seen. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's just thin in an area that they're gonna t- they're on your best day, they're gonna test you. And again, if you if you can't find a way to get a pass rush and, and keep Mahomes from standing there and patting the ball, it's going to be a long day. I'll throw in Marvell Tell there as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah. He, he, so. he debuted last yes, week. He did. He's your fourth corner. Yeah, rookie. Yes. So that again, who's transitioning from safety? Right, when he right. Played <laughs> <in> college. <laughs> Which it, it, it's funny because people wonder, well, why in a pinch wouldn't you go to a natural safety, Marvell Tell, who's that? That was what he was at in college. But he's played all corner here, and they've one thing Chris Ballard told us in the offseason is how the versatility they've seen in Quincy Wilson playing corner safety nickel dime. So they they really think this will work. And it's funny I I mentioned to Ballard at the time about well you guys tried to make T.J. Green switch positions <laughs> that didn't work, and he had a nice comment that we can't we can't uh, share. But they 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 think Quincy Wilson is much more equipped to make the transition than T.J. Green did. We've kind of poo-pooed a little bit of the Colts' uh, defensive uh, injury woes so far, but maybe something to be encouraged by, Mike, and with Darius Leonard. Uh, he was out a limited participate participant to practice on Wednesday. Uh, you just came from practice today on Thursday. He was out there again, and we kind of outlined the NFL's concussion protocol a bit last week, right. but yeah, you need a limited participation practice, then to be cleared by the neurologist. You need a full participation practice, and then to be cleared, and then you're allowed to be back on the field. So today... We saw him today, whether it's limited or full, that will come out after this podcast has been taped. But you have a Thursday and a Friday chances to get that full participation and then finally to be back on the field. So optimistically now, I would say Darius Leonard has a better chance than not to be able to play unless something goes wrong this Sunday right. night. And keep in mind, we saw him in, in uh, working in the indoor facility last Friday. So he started doing activities last week. And he was down on the field during the game on Sunday as Correct. well. So if if things were going bad, there's no way they would have let him down They're there. They're trending on the field. in the right direction. Yes. So be be happy about that. Other side of the ball, offense, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack both did not practice on Wednesday. T.Y. still rehabbing that quad. Marlon Mack uh, with the ankle injury. And Paris Campbell as well, abdomen injury, did not participate in practice. Again, you were out here on practice today, Thursday. Mike, what did you see out there from those guys? T.Y. practicing, uh, Marlon Mack watching, Mm -hmm. but at least he's out there. If this was an ankle that's that there was major concern over, he did have him in a boot, did have him off his feet. I think he's playing. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that Ty's out there today. I thought maybe he's limited tomorrow if he was going to play, but I think they want to see where it's at and how it reacts. It's it's killing Ty Hilton to not play. He mm-hmm. said, "I told my the teammates." This one's on me. I let you down. I failed you. I don't think any Colts fan will blame that loss on T.Y. After December and January last yeah. year and, and what he did. He's earned some goodwill. But And again, I think he's, he's the type of player, too, that while they flushed the playoff loss out of their minds as quick as they could, the, the players who've been around know that, that that's not a stain you want on, on your resume. So he wants to play. He knows his value. And Again, just just let's say he's eighty percent, as long as he can't further injury or injure the quad or aggravate the quad. His mere presence out there mm-hmm. will draw attention. But it's funny we talked to Frank Reich about Ty and sort of how do you weigh 
if he's if he's you know pretty much ready to play 90% do you play him or the fact that you've got to buy next week do, do you let him do you hold him out and really give him another two weeks and he said you have to consider that but he also said which you have to keep in mind this isn't baseball this isn't 162 games mm-hmm. you play 16 every game is so important to think, okay, we'll lose this one, and then then we'll regroup. You know, maybe with Ty out there, you, you've got you certainly have a much better chance. And one thing I found back in my young days when I used to bet on the NFL, hmm. and you think it's fifty fifty, and it's not. That they, ain't. They, they keep building casinos because these guys know what they're doing. Because you think it's fifty fifty. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And just when you think that, like, like you think, how are the Colts going to come out of this and do anything? It's, it's so lopsided. I remember last week when Tampa Bay went to the Rams and hung 55 on them. So just when you think you might know, uh, it, strange things happen. The Colts got to play really, really well. You can't. It, it's I, we were talking to Frank Reich today in the, in the hallway, and I said if, you, if if I told you last year in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes zero touchdown passes, and you sack him four times, and you get smoked, he just shook his head. Right. Well, and then you look at the other side. The Colts are zero of nine on, on third down, and that was the best third down team last year. Mm-hmm. And they never got anything going. I don't think that happens, regardless of what the score is this week. The Colts, I think, are going to give their best effort, both energy wise and execution wise. I'm just kind of curious how this thing winds up. The Chiefs also ran the ball extremely well in that game as well. Uh, Damian Williams, uh, 25 carries, 129 yards and a touchdown. Also had five catches out of the backfield. So that transitions well into the Chiefs injury report because Damian Williams has missed the last two games with a knee injury, but practiced in full on Wednesday. It looks like he's on track to return. But still, LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams have been effective in in relief. So uh, Shady McCoy looking very much like his old self at times, playing for Andy Reid. Uh, shout out to the old Philadelphia Eagles days. And Tyreek Hill's back at practice. And Yeah, exactly. Limited on Wednesday. He was injured on week one. Again, guys have stepped up in his absence. And Sammy Watkins had himself a heck of a week one um, this season. Left tackle Eric Fisher is probably their most glaring uh man on the injury report he did not practice on wednesday the former number one overall pick who is is their left tackle has been their left tackle for some time uh chiefs have allowed only three sacks throughout their first four games so fisher's been a big part of that obviously guarding uh mahomes backside and uh so they're they're not quite in the same situation as the colts are in terms of starters missing out but um as you said mike that left tackle when you have a franchise when any quarterback doesn't matter is usually one of the most indispensable players and the chiefs could be without him on sunday you just look at Mahomes. you you get you just get mesmerized by by what he does he's played 23 games in his career he's 18 and 5 as a starter they've scored 30 or more points in 17 of his 23 games. And they're averaging 33 points in his starts. And it's just, I think I went back and looked, I think Brissett's had, uh, is it one game with 30 points? I think it is. That sounds about right. And I realize it's different situations and different different personnel, but we talked to Eberflus about that. He said they have unique skill set in the NFL because it's, it's, it's four or five guys. And if you forget Travis Kelsey, he just, he, you know, he gets eight catches for 130 yards. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek Hill had that crazy, was it a 26-yard, whether it was an end around or whatever it was, against the Colts in the playoffs, barely touched. They've just got so many people that can do things. 
And that's why if you, if you just if you can't if Mahomes is is playing seven on seven, you have got no chance. So whether it's Justin Houston going back home, whether it's Ture, whether it's Autry, somebody has got to step up and not allow this guy to sit back there and just pat the ball and say, who do I go to this time? Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest concern. I think the offense will play well. I'm not sure they can score 30 points. I, th- th- this offense isn't built that way. It's not the way they're doing things. But I'm not sure how this defense limits Mahomes when you see some of the stuff he's done. On defense, uh, Matt Eberflus said specifically facing this offense, you you said this, it's it's a unique scheme in the right. NFL. And they have a skill set that's unmatched. Their speed is on display. They use space to create. They use it to create space for those players. Get the ball in space to those players. And um, if if you don't know exactly what that means, I guess what it means is you have guys who are so fast. If if they're running go routes, your safeties are five yards further back than you're facing anybody else. So that's five yards more space in the intermediate range. If Pat Pat Mahomes is trying to throw between fifteen and twenty yards down the field like your linebackers have to drop back further to cover that space because the wide receivers on the outside are further down the field so that means there's more space underneath them for a travis kelsey wherever he wants to go so just having guys who are fast is a is a game changer and the chiefs have fast guys whether it's the cheetah himself or whether it's one of the back uh one of his backups uh for tyreek hill um that is able to create that space in the secondary they've all been able to do it um, and on the other side of the ball, the offense, uh, Nick Sirianni kind of asked more about um, some teams trying to play keep away from the Chiefs, try to limit, limit, limit their possession. That's a strategy. But uh, he said, uh, Sirianni alluded to that that's not exactly what he wants to do. They, they, that's exactly what he was trying to say, that they're, they're not just going to play keep away. They're still going to try to run their offense. I, I would add the addendum to that, that maybe they do try to run the ball a little bit more uh, this week and stay stay on the ground, kind of like they did week one, especially but, against but the Chargers. But they can do that with short passes as right. well. Right. I, I think ideally for the Colts, it's those 10-play drives. Yeah. To where you do limit. And, and you know, the byproduct is you, you, you only keep Mahomes with seven or eight possessions. This is what the Colts ran into back in the Manning days, where people simply were not willing to give Peyton 10, 11 possessions. You know, there was the, the the legendary game in Miami where they had the ball for like 14 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and he was still good enough to win. So, if I'm the Colts, I would much rather have Mahomes out there for seven series than ten. But to do that, you can't go 0 and 8 or 0 and 9 in third downs. You've got to convert. You've got to stay on the field. And one thing I think it's going to be very, very interesting to watch. I asked Frank about this early in the week about. When you're playing a team like the Chiefs, who, who are going to score, they're, they're going to score. They simply are. Does it change your, not really an X's and O's approach, but how much more aggressive you might be? And I got the impression from Frank, he uses those analytical charts when you go for it, when you do it. I, I just got the impression that Vinatieri won't be kicking too many 28-yard field goals. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's fourth and three at the Chiefs, 45-yard line, I think they go for it. I, I just think they're going to be aggressive more so knowing I, – I guess it shows – it'll show a lack of faith in your defense, which, duh. I mean, you know, <laughs> come on. Well, they, they, they've earned it so far, you know. They, they, they've earned your, your lack of trust. I just think that this is a game where unless it's – now, I tell you, go back and look at the, the playoff game last year. It's 17 to nothing in the thir- in the second quarter. The Colts are like third and eight, fourth and eight. 
uh, around midfield and they punted. That's not going to happen this year. I really believe that barring it being fourth and six at your own 30, I just think they're going to be more aggressive. They're, they're going to take more, I don't say chances, but they're, they're just going to take that fourth and three, depending on where you are. And I think Frank realizes, rightly so, that field goals are not going to win this game. And last week, even Patrick Mahomes did not have his best game last week against the Lions. Um, but the Chiefs still scored like 34 points in a win. He, he didn't throw a single touchdown last week, Patrick Mahomes. Right. They, they, it's not like we've, we've harped on Patrick Mahomes a lot today, and understandably so, because he leads the league in passing yards, touchdowns, and rating since he started at the beginning of last year. 60 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, a 113.5 rating. He, he, Golly. He, he understandably deserves all the, all the attention we're giving him. But the Chiefs can beat you with more than just Patrick Mahomes is, is another point that I'm making. They can run the ball well. Uh, their defense was not great against the Lions. It did enough at the end of the game to, to get the job done. But um, Mahomes is certainly the center. He's the engine that makes it go. But don't think just because you keep Mahomes out of the end zone means that the, the Colts are going to win this game because that happened last week and, and he, didn't work out for the Lions. He's had three games in his career with no – four games in his career with no touchdown passes – and the Chiefs are 4 0. How about that? So, I mean, how about that? And this is a guy with 60, 60 in 23 games, and they're 4 0 when he doesn't throw. And it just shows you what what they can. Now, I realize he, I'm sure he made a lot of passes to get him in position to do what they did. But when you can overcome your quarterback not throwing his traditional three touchdowns and win, it just tells you how you've built the team around him. Let's discuss a couple more topics uh, pertaining to this weekend moving forward. It, it certainly behoove the Colts to have their most uh, the most playmakers on the field as possible, which would include T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, if indeed they're both able to return to the field and be healthy. Um, but one player who's kind of stepped up the past couple weeks, and uh, last week in T.Y.'s absence in particular, Zach Paschal had himself a heck of a day. 70-plus, um, maybe even 80-plus receiving yards. I forget exactly how many he had, Matt. If you can look that up, I'd appreciate it. But um, four to five pass catches. Um, and the week before, of course, was when he had the big touchdown and then the third down conversion. Uh, he, he is showing himself to be a very efficient receiver and a reliable receiver in T.Y.'s absence. He's, he's a guy that... When you're making the cuts in September, you're thinking, well, is, is he going like, to Do we really need do we, him? Do we, do we really need him? And then you get into the season, you say, we can't play without him. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like a knock, and I don't mean it to be, but he, he was their best receiver. He was their best offensive player against the Raiders, and that's great for him, but that, that it just shows you again that, that T.Y. was missed. But he does so much. He's, he's so strong in, in, on special teams. And remember, his first two games, he had zero targets on offense. And, and last week, he had seven targets right. for, for the Colts, four receptions for 72 yards, okay. just to drop that There we go. Yes. I think it's a career-high yardage. It so must be, yeah. You, you, just, you just have to have X number of Zach Pascals on your roster, and you need X number of Jack Doyles. Mm-hmm. They can have too many of that type of a player, but they, they, they just show you – the value of what autoplay, autoplay on the Thank internet, you. Thank yeah. You, <laughs> but but again, it, it just that's what you want to see guys step up and do. Uh, it, it, the problem when you when you have Ty out, who was already remember we had Devin Funches is out too. Mm-hmm. Then your three and four receivers are your one and two receivers. Right. In this case, it was sort of 
Deion Kane and Paris Campbell, and Deion Kane, we're still waiting. Hasn't quite clicked yet with Jacoby. Yeah, and, not, and, it hasn't not clicked, I don't think, but it, it certainly hasn't fallen into place. I remember talking when we talked to Ballard in the offseason, he said, well, it may be November, October, November, when he really, right. really gets back. I think he's ahead of schedule physically, but it's it's obvious that he's not where he needs to be in this offense. And when he's not, it's just, and then you lose, you're out with, without your one and two guys, it really stresses the Rodgers and the Pascals will step up and make meaningful plays. It certainly helps if Eric Ebron wouldn't drop a couple balls, too. I know we keep harping on that, but he's he's this year he's tied for third in the NFL in drop rate uh, for your targets. Um, he's dropping 27% of his passes this year, which is, is certainly – it's early, and that's not a good number, no matter if it's early in the season or late in the season, if you're dropping more than one out of four of your targets. But uh, do, do you know, Mike Chappell, who the number one player in the NFL is in uh, – I said he's tied for oh, third. Yes. I, 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 uh, oh, yeah? Yo, Mike knows. Uh, Dante Don, Moncrief. Yeah, the with, win. Without question. Mike Chapel for the win. Dante he, Moncrief. He had, he had had like – he was inactive this past week. Yeah. And he had like 11 targets and how many – was it five drops? I think so. It's 40% his drop rate wow. is what it comes down to. And we thought we, – we talked in the offseason how this is a guy at the end you know, – he'll have a 10-year career and this, that, and the other. And Pittsburgh was a great place to go to. Of course, now you're out in Big Ben. But it's amazing how ineffective and and just totally I don't say inept he's been, but but if a receiver can't catch the ball, you, if a receiver can't catch the ball, you're DHB and you're a special teams player. Yep. In Pittsburgh, so it's just it, it's it's baffling. With Ebron, I I think we we've all sort of glossed over the fact that. He didn't cure his dropped issues last year. Right. He had six, which I don't know how many targets he had. It's not 27% drop rate. And really a couple of those, like a kind of they chunked in the early season too. Philly and New York. He had, so. a, he had one or two in Philly that were just killers Yeah, in a game you could have won. But, but six drops last year, considering how limited his options were, that's too many. But he, over, he overshadowed them with his 13 touchdown catches. So it's, it's not like that, he, that this has been cured. And he told us on Tuesday, well, you know, I was Monday I went out to the jugs machine and I took, you know, passes until I was tired. But how long? Well, until I got tired. It goes back to when they, several years ago, when they brought in Darius Haywood Bay and his history of drops. And their reaction was, well, with Reggie Wayne, well, I took him out to the jugs machine in training camp. And we <laughs> that, that solves all your problems, the jugs machine. And I've always taken, Golly. so at that point in his career, like with Shaquille O'Neal, would you work on his free throws to where he's going to be 80% free throw shooter? No. no. <laughs> at this point of your career, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm just afraid that's his, this is where who Ebron is, which if you're going to drop X number, you can't drop the meaningful ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the third and two in Kansas City was monster. They still might have got smoked, but you don't know. And to drop three in a game, in in a game that you're already without so many players, you just can't do it. It's timing. And then he gets the the 48-yard or whatever at the end with window dressing. But they cannot have Eric Ebron dropping one, certainly not two a game because it, it just cripples your offense. I'll say this to Ebron's credit, that on Sunday he did not skirt away from the issue. He was not shy about, he, he recognized that it was an issue, at least he recognized it was an issue that day, we'll put it. I uh, don't know if he, he would admit uh, it being an overarching issue like we've kind of 
tried to make the point here, but he, he said that he had he, terrible game words that I certainly can't use uh, here in the podcast to describe his performance. And he was like muttering to himself as the as all the media is like behind him waiting. Right. He's just like getting dressed in his locker. He's like, oh, hey, Eric, how'd you play today? Beep, 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 beep. They had the words I can't say. And, and the one thing, someone mentioned that to me and I said, well, in that regard, he was smart because what you do before people can attack you, you attack yourself. Mm-hmm. It sort of softens it when ah, he's taking blame, but it, it had to eat at him. But but it's it can't continue. And they had that stretch last year, early in the season, two or three games where they dropped like God. What was it? Fifteen balls. I mean, it was epidemic. It was terrible. And and they, <laughs> they really they really got it fixed. Uh, and getting Ty back if he's back will help. But you still got to throw to your tight end. You got to catch throw to your receiving tight end. You've got to throw to. Pascal and Rogers. Now Pascal didn't have a drop, but you. And again, with people like Kane, he's only going to get X number of shots in a game. You. It sounds bad, but you simply can't put the ball on the ground when you're going to have three or four targets in a game. You, you got to capitalize on the opportunities right. that you have. We did have a, a little. Uh, it wasn't really a bet last week, but it was a, a discussion who would lead the Colts in receiving yards um, because T.Y. Hilton was out. I think I said Jack Doyle, and I was wrong. It wasn't Jack who led them. Uh, you said I Chester Rogers. Was it Chester or was it Zach Pascal? It was Zach Pascal. I don't think anybody said Zach Pascal. No. Didn't Joe say Ebron or did he I say? Think so. Yeah. So, well, Joe might have been right if, if Eric had caught the balls, but. <laughs> Um, so we're, we were all wrong. Shout out to Old Dominion's Zach Pascal for for proving us wrong and leading the Colts in receiving yards last week when T.Y. Hilton is out. Certainly hope to have T.Y. Hilton back on Sunday against the Chiefs. It would absolutely give the Colts a dangerous offensive weapon to kind of match up with the dangerous offensive weapons the Chiefs have, all of them. Uh, hesitate to compare offense against offense. That's kind of what a bunch of Colts were saying this week, saying, hey, dude, on offense, do you – pay attention to how good the other offense is. No, we don't do that. We want to score every time out, blah, 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 all that stuff that you're supposed to say, coach speak, team speak. But um, ultimately, Mike, we'll do what we do every week, and that is to try to come down to a prediction for this uh, this Colts-Chiefs game. Um, certainly last year's, but it's most fresh in your mind in terms of Colts-Chiefs rivalry, and it did not go so well for the Colts in a very cold, a dank and dreary day, if I might say, in Kansas City, um, uh, in, in all aspects, from, from the weather to the way the Colts performed and, uh, and all that. But um, Colts-Chiefs this year, it's going to be in Kansas City. It's on the road. It's Sunday night football. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes who could have... Uh, his best weapon, Tyreek Hill, back. I don't know about that, but other people have performed well in his stead. I think it's going to be really difficult for the Colts to slow down that offense. Uh, I'd say, I'd say thirty-one to twenty-three is is I think my prediction for the Chiefs to come out with a win at home. The Colts enter the bye week two and three and try to rebound from that. The, what's the point spreads eleven? I think it is. Yes, 10 I believe 11. so. I can't, initially, I thought 37-17. I'm sort of settling on like 34-20. And, and again, I just I don't know if it'll be a 34-20 where you, you're in it or whether it's 34-something and you, you make a late run. I do think they play better. I just don't – I just don't see – I think the offense plays well, like I said. I just don't see how this defense does what needs to be done. I, I just – this is going to be all on – the Chiefs and do they make mistakes? Do they throw interceptions? Do, do do they fumble the ball, which they're not prone to do? So I think this is just 
too much offense. I'll, I'll stick with 34-20. Statomati, your thoughts? Well, I would normally I would agree with you guys wholeheartedly, and I, I probably should because that that is probably how the game. He's going. Go. He's going. But Colts. hope springs he's eternal. Going, he's going Colts. Well, I'll just I'll just say this. I thought that the Colts would beat the Raiders last week. Uh, it wouldn't be an easy game, but the, they would go in. They would play well. They they would come out and they would win. It was not. Really that was thing. not the case. That was not not what happened last week. So this week I'm thinking, oh gosh, they're just uh, they're so overmatched. I mean, the, the Chiefs scored ten points more per per game than the Colts. Their defenses look bad. They're down. They've got injuries. There's no way they win this game. So I'm going to say they're going to win this game hey. somehow, thirty four to thirty one. Wow. The, the, somehow the blue. Somehow the blue are going to. I, I that that's going to be my prediction. And uh, you go. You, you, you can all laugh at me next week. I, I miss Joe. I do too. He, even though he trashes Vinny, he, ne- he never goes quite as much to the dark side. But <laughs> how about the uh, the Patriots now with their kicking issues? Speaking of Ooh. Adam Vinatieri, Stephen Guskowski hip surgery, I hip believe surgery. is what they yeah. said, and they have to bring in a guy off the street. They did. They, they brought in. Uh, uh, I heard Schefter Mike say it was Nugent. likely going to be Mike Nugent. I didn't know and if then, that's and official then they yet. Signed the the young who whatever guy. Yeah, I, I to the his practice name. squad. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Young so, who. It's amazing that the, the two, two of the kickers are having the biggest issues this year. Goskowski had missed four extra points. Yeah. Wow. I know. He was on my fantasy points. team. I was less than pleased. And, and, and <laughs> not, not that extra points are all that many points, no, you, you know, you, but you nevertheless, like you're like, them. dude, what the heck's going on? Well, keep in mind, we, we, we talked to Vinny today, and, and it was kind of non-uneventful, but yeah. keep in mind that, that his, his travails started in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh it, yeah, it, last it, last year the yeah. twenty three yarder, and then he then he missed an extra point as well. You know, bad field, and it won't be there won't be any snow now. Whether it may rain, I, I don't know what it may be wet a wet turf. But uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy how and, and all we've talked about. We're about to wrap it up here. We didn't talk about one of the subplots from the from the Raiders game, Vontez Burfick. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing how some people have come out. Defending the guy. Everybody on the on the Raiders has defended him to a fault. Is that I've because seen, you have to. They sound they sound sincere in their defense. It doesn't He's seem like a half hearted. Yeah, Carr, misunderstood. Well, I think I understand him pretty well. I didn't misunderstand that hit yeah. last week. Yeah. He's blowing kisses to the fans yeah. as he's going off. I'm sure he's the best teammate ever. I, I'm sure of it. Like I think what they're like saying Richie is true. Yeah, perhaps like if if you're in that locker room, he's a great guy. He's a friendly guy. He's an encouraging guy. He is for his guys. But outside of that locker room, he wants to he wants to injure you on the field. That's the right. only explanation for hunter, his hits, and that's why he's, he's appealed this. I assume he's appealed it. Mm-hmm. And if the league has any onions at all, they deny the appeal. This is this is that drunk driver who's been arrested for thirteen times. Mm-hmm. Take his you take his license away. Yeah. So I I just you know I understand people should have the right to redeem themselves. Somebody mentioned. Uh, and he's had right after right, right. after right it's, to redeem himself. The Dominican Sioux used to be the dirty player. Yep. He's, he's not been fined or whatever for the last five years. You know what's somewhat ironic? On the, on the other side of the ball, the dirty player was John Runyon, the offensive tackle. And he's the one administering the... Exactly, right now, the punishment. I mean, right. I, I grew up in Philadelphia, as I've said multiple times on this show, and John Runyon's your left tackle or your right tackle, and he's the one who's burying guys in the field and getting personal foul penalties after the play, and now he's the guy who's working for the NFL. You should know better. Exactly, yeah. So that that's the thing. is Again, it's in, to see a player in such a violent sport where guys get 
drilled every game or every play on legitimate. To have a guy going out of his way to just zero in and, and take shots on players, there's no, there should be no place in the game for it. And thankfully, Jack was perfectly fine. Jack Doyle, after the hit, like you talked to him in the locker room, he was the first guy that I walked up to in the locker room. And he's like, yeah, the helmet did its job. I was fine. There's no, well, no Somebody trouble. said, well, he said he shouldn't have been suspended because Jack Doyle said it was a clean play. No, it wasn't. Jack did no. not say it was a clean play. No, he didn't. He, he never just, said that. Right. He said, I can't remember what it was, but it was a it was a hit. It was He didn't really address the, the viciousness of the hit. But I tell you, Frank Reich did. He said when somebody attacks attacks our players, this was the right outcome. Seldom do you hear a coach use the word attacks our players. Mm-hmm. And I thought one of the greatest things the Colts did was showed restraint by not having two or three linemen going over and just Knocking his face in. Right. So, I'd uh, like to see Quentin Nelson against Vontez Perfect. I'd take Quentin in the Nelson octagon. On that. Octagon, yeah, I would too. Yeah, I just that hit last week. I was really surprised. I I thought we would see uh, Doyle in the concussion protocol. Yeah. A- after watching that hit mm-hmm. and seeing the replay on it, because he get, he didn't just get hit by Perfect. He also got hit in the back from. The, I want to see if Marcus Joyner, uh, well. Joyner gets yeah. fined yeah. as well. Now he sort of got drove driven into it. Right. But that's why when when people sort of are skeptical about the concussion protocol and all that. You can't. You just can't predict concussions. I, I've seen some massive hits, and guys like Jack gets up, and other guys kind of not as bad or not bad, and they're out for two or three weeks. So it, it, it's strange. But that's again. That's there, there's there can be no place in the game. It's rare, I think, that a player in game is ejected. I like to see how many players in game have been ejected. Now again, the game was reviewed, and it came from New York. But in uh, Gruden, sound like what are they doing? Checking? Well, that's what you do. So I, I hope the league sticks with its guns and says, "Hey, this isn't a second or third offense. This, this is double digits. Mm-hmm. The guy's not getting the message." Looking around the AFC South, we've given our predictions, so now it's time to you know, take a step back, uh, see the forest for the trees. Everyone's two and two the right two, now. The two and two division. So there we are. Everyone's perfectly the, Me- mediocrity personified here in the AFC South so far. The Colts control their own destiny in the hunt for the for the AFC well, South title. But they title. actually got a leg up because they won at Tennessee. Exactly. So it's so, better than that. Yeah. Right. Colts are Colts are right on track here. But um, the Texans really a stumble last week. Lost at home to the Cam Newton less Panthers. Uh, Kyle Allen leading them, not Josh Allen. No, Kyle Allen instead. Um, they will host the uh, the Falcons this week. Falcons are one and three. It's certainly been a disappointment, one of the biggest disappointments I think in the NFL. The way the Falcons have played, but uh, the Texans they're two and two. Their losses to um, the Saints barely to open up the season, and then last week to the the Kyle Allen Panthers. This is kind of what we sometimes get from the Texans. Is there's one but of those games? Yeah. The thing that's encouraging is they've got their offensive line fixed. Watson's been sacked 18 times, I believe it is. There we go. Perfect. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, all fixed. I mean, it, 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 if you can't fix it personnel-wise, fix it scheme-wise. Something. I mean, he's on – do the math four-time, whatever. He's on pace for like 70. That's what – like I saw uh, on, a, on a show I was watching this morning, that's what Kyler Murray's on pace too in, in the, with the Arizona Cardinals, on pace to get mm. sacked 70 times. And Kyler Murray's like my size – that that is not a good idea at all. Go, go back and look at you know the David Carr in Houston in yep. what was it two thousand and two their first year was it seventy six sacks it was something stupid like that it, it, they sent, they I, they they beat playing quarterback out of the kid mm-hmm. and is that going to happen with with these guys it's amazing all the moves that the Texans have made and they're still getting their quarterback smashed and then then you got Tennessee and it's funny they beat uh, who Tennessee beat this past week 
uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Right. Mariota throws three touchdowns, and they say, here we go. There's this, this, the this best is, of Marcus Mariota. This Mariano. is Mariota. <laughs> you know, do it again. Uh, you hate to pounce on the guy, but this is what his career has been. He'll show you that, boy, I can do this, and then there's a couple of clunkers. So do it again against unbeaten Buffalo. Yeah, well, uh, they got beat by the um, by the Patriots last okay, I'm week. So, I'm but sorry. Yeah, they, they barely got beat by the yeah, Patriots. Right. The, game ended, the, the game ended in very Buffalo fashion, right. unfortunately, because they, they played a good game. They yes. had a chance right. to do it at the end, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of they kind of buffaloed it there. But, that, the but that's a that's a premier defense the Bills have it got. It really yeah. is. Yeah, so that's interesting. And then what Jaguars two and two there. At Carolina with the Kyle Allen. Yep, there it is. Panthers. The road Panthers. I'll, I'll try to take the Panthers there unless we can get some more Gardner Minshew magic there. I thought I saw you with an injury report with a knee injury. Uh-oh. So we'll as long as that. his mustache is okay. There you go. Yeah. That, then that is be. the source of his power. It is. That, that's what everybody says. But They beat the Broncos last week, and the Broncos, again, one of those other teams that have just been terrible, 0-4 this year. The Broncos. It's amazing that this year you know, the league loves parity. There are some butt-ugly teams yes, there are. in this league. And we keep thinking that the Dolphins are just going to storm their way to 0-16. They may have some company. Here's the thing. I don't think, like, it, I would bet on not 0-16. And I know that's not you that's just, not the biggest bet, obviously. You, you'd rarely bet on that. But they have to play the Redskins. They have to play the Jets. They have to play. There was another team that was really bad that they had to play, too. That's either 1-3 or 0-4 so far this year. They have teams on their schedule. The Bengals. It was the Bengals that they have to play. Oh, the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah oh, who are, Bengals oh, my are, goodness. Oh. So they, if they go zero sixteen, I will be very it is surprised. So hard, but there yeah, it, <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's what you had to tip your hat to the Lions and whatever year that was, because you just it's just so hard to lose them all. And honestly, like Colts fans know that better than anybody because right. that Colts team without Peyton Manning was dreadfully bad. Right. But they still managed to win a couple games. Still managed to do that. But the bottom line is they're in a division now. That's why I, I keep I going back to to the the impact of losing to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a division that's going to be it's going to be nine and seven. It, it just is, and you always lose a game you shouldn't. You win a game that you shouldn't. I don't know where the game is. They're going to win that maybe you wouldn't think they would. It's in Kansas City this week, right? Hey, yeah, that's it, what you think. Yeah. <laughs> if they win that, we will bow to you. <laughs> but it, it, this is going to be one where it's going to be nine and seven, maybe ten and six. I, I don't know about that. And to lose games at home when you simply shouldn't lose games at home, they just come back and bite you in the butt. The Colts face the Chiefs on Sunday night football in Kansas City this weekend. You can follow the Colts Blue Zone on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone. I am Dave Griffiths. Follow me at Dave G underscore sports. Mike Chappell is at mchapel 51 And Maddie Statomatty is at Statomatty. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> we appreciate uh, you stepping in for the uh, the Adam Vinatieri uh, bashing Joe. I going to say, it was a, uh, there's less Adam Vinatieri bashing. Very, very we we didn't even so. do it on Monday. We didn't. Uh, oh, wow. During, during the show. Well, well so. he showed great restraint then. We did mention, you know, he did miss a, a field goal, but I mean, 57 yarder. I mean, it's. If and, it was 56, it would have been in maybe, or 55. I, but. It, it was any. Just yeah. barely, you know. It, I'm I'm not concerned about Vinatieri. And yeah, he was frustrated for sure. But uh, yeah, I I think our our, our Adam Vinatieri hysteria has certainly waned over the past couple weeks. He's looked a bit more like himself. And even if he misses a 57 yard field goal, Mike, we're we're not we're not uh, still running around like like a fire drill. That, that no, that, wrong, that, so. you, that, and that's a fire you need to have quieted. Yeah. And ho- hopefully he has. But again, the next you know he missed missed two more kicks, and then it starts up again because that's. 
the world we live in. Yep. yep. Be sure to subscribe to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device now twice a week, once earlier on Monday and then once with us again on Thursday. Previewing. My contract only allows for once a week. Well, we might have to work on that, Mike. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Colts Blue Zone podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 